Thanks for joining us again. Headed out to the cinemas, Jared. Mm. At a tidy fifty. Fifty dollars or fifty-seven because I had to pay for parking. Yeah, you fucked that up. Slight fuck up. Yes, yes. I did not get my extra two hours. Shit. And you know what? It was another kick in the balls. It was. (laughs) It was just the extra kick in the balls. I thought we might be. I thought we might be in a bit of strife when you kind of just said, "It doesn't look like it did anything." Oh, that's all right. Just fucking walked off. Uh, and boom, seven dollars later. Seven dollars later. And look, <laughs> it was a fucking yeah, it was just the icing on a shit sandwich. And you were not in a position to do anything but pay the seven dollars unless you wanted I to. I couldn't get fucking <laughs> couldn't get out. Uh, uh, that was good stuff. Look, today we're covering new to cinemas <laughs> freelance. It probably won't be there by the time you're listening. No, no. Considering, just to let people know, we were the only people in the cinema. Yeah. And what, two sessions a day? No, it was four. Four today. They got right. they got fucking a little bit overconfident. Yeah, I think, yeah. Come Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. So that's what we'll be covering today. Uh, just to let everyone know as well, this currently has a Rotten Tomatoes score of zero. So. Which, funnily enough, I mean, if the Rotten Tomatoes had been thirty or forty, me and you wouldn't have batted an eyelid. But as soon as it said zero, we thought, <laughs> shit. But have, we'll have a look. <laughs> I didn't know if I, I didn't really know if I wanted to fucking pay to the tune of fifty-seven dollars to see. No, it, no. Get your move, get your get your VIP sorted out, mate. I've got to sort myself out somewhere. <laughs> All right, before we get into that, have you watched anything recently since we last recorded? Movie wise, not a whole lot. I did watch They Them. Uh, oh yeah, showed up on Paramount. Shit, they might they might entice me to pay a hundred bucks for another year. <laughs> well, if they're not enticing you, think of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be yeah. kind. Be <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. to others. Think of me. I don't have all these things that you've got. <laughs> That's because you don't. You're not silly enough to fucking engage with them. Yeah, it, it was okay. I I uh, I wasn't expecting a whole lot. Seeing some of the reviews, I didn't mind it. You could see some of the messages that they were going with, and and the way that that sort of played into uh, the revelations down the stretch and how they played out. Is so it, it a slasher film? Or is it sort of like? I mean, it is, but not for a long time. And I think that's going with the messages they're trying to go with about conversion camps and uh, you know the LGBT community in general. And there's a couple of scenes that I can't imagine anybody, including that community, looking fondly on, including one where the whole fucking camp seems to burst into song. That's a bit of a shocker, but I didn't mind it overall. I, I thought uh, it wasn't a strong slasher but I can see why they sort of played it the way they did. I reckon, uh, you know, it's not going to – I don't think it will stand the test of time, but I, I think it's good that Blumhouse, again, is engaging with ideas like this that are different from what we would get just with a straight-down-the-line slasher flick. So I'm happy to happy to keep watching stuff like that if they put it out. I also watched more of the Goosebumps series. I think I'm about six or seven episodes in now. Mm-hmm. Yep, still enjoying it, still going pretty strongly uh, so far. Yeah. Do you know how many episodes the season is going to be? Well, a, I think it must it be 10? 10 because I've watched eight and then I saw a thing the other day saying a new episode had arrived. Yeah, um, right. And and I'm not going to lie, at the end of episode eight I felt like it was finished. Yeah. But yeah. maybe there's more. Yeah, right. But, yeah, pretty happy with that. I watched a bit of One Piece again, just getting into the anime. As I said to you, Adam. Getting the Crunchyroll uh, going. Crunchyroll has now been added to my <laughs> list of streaming services. Uh, not my choice, but I thought, uh, you know, got to, got to indulge the interests for the kids to some some extent there. I finished Black Roses. 
Oh yeah, is that the that's the um music yes. kind of yeah. movie? So I'm still going I'm still going on the path. We're well past the end of Halloween now, but I'm still deciding to push through on this, this list. This list. Yeah. So yeah, that was the music one. It was okay. It had some pretty decent effects for what looks like a cheap film. And I don't mind the ideas behind it. They've been done in a few few different films, but it's kind of like the impact that the music is having on on the people that are going to see it and this kind of demonic presence infecting them and stuff like that. It was okay. So They Them was my first time watch. That was the next one on the list was a first time watch, so that's what I went with. And then now I'm into In a Graveyard, so I went to Pet Cemetery 2. Okay, that's not a bad idea. Oh, I, I still enjoy that one. It's a, it's a little out there. They actually make it pretty clear that she's a fucking stretch to get up to the pet cemetery. <laughs> that it takes right. a lot of time. But that's not taken into account, Father Phil. Yeah, it must. Canon. This must have been after the sheriff's access for him to be able to just drive up there was was cut off as well. So it's it's a bit of fun. Um, I don't think it adds a whole lot to the mythology or anything, but you know, same idea and does does okay with it. And aside from that, Adam, probably segueing into yours, we got the chance to. Uh, Jump into Batman and Robin with a free screening on the big screen and a, a discussion around some of the scientific themes involved, uh, which, quite frankly, I fucking like. I enjoyed the screening again because the movie is so silly, and and it's just it's at the point where there's the you know there's the disappointment of anything is long gone. Yeah. So it's just kind of watching it and understanding. Hey, it's a pretty shit film, but you can have a good laugh at it. Indeed, indeed. And I think you enjoyed it from that because, what, it would have been a decade or so Easy. since you'd seen it. I haven't seen it in <laughs> 10 years. Forgotten how bad it was. Fuck me, dead. Arnold Schwarzenegger should be. <laughs> Sometimes I say that actors should give their SAG card back. Yeah. And that's kind of where Arnie was in this. Yeah. Oh, and, look, he's not the only one. We had a lengthy discussion on the way home about how he, he should have been put out to pasture as an actor. Well... <laughs> His career dives after this. Mm. It's not. It's after Batman and Robin where things go a little bit awry for him. He no longer. He's no longer the box office drawer he once was. He's no longer commanding the big paychecks and all that sort of stuff. Everything starts to go, and then he becomes the governor. And then he he goes. He comes back to film, and by that stage, you know, the career is in more of a. You know, he makes a few return engagements, but doesn't do anything else really noteworthy in, in any of that. But Batman and Robin is just lunacy. Like, yeah. It's just awful. And, again, we discussed this. Nobody comes out saying anything other than that's probably my career worst. Like, I, I was... You were uh, heavily... Uh, Michael Goff Michael came Goff. in some real treatment. Holy shit. <laughs> it was horrendous. <laughs> and, and, you know, he was never my favourite Alfred. I thought he was... A little too old, even in the Keaton film, and I guess you know that that also comes from me reading Batman stuff a little later mm. in the piece and sort of forming some ideas. You know, in the comics, most recently, he's a little younger, and there's also been other stories and other um, you know animated shows and things like that who have who have played him a bit younger and brought this kind of. Secret Service-ish sort of background into into play and stuff well, like that. Well, who's, who's played Alfred? Michael In Goff. In the movies, Michael yep. Goff. For four. Um, Michael Caine. Yep. For three. Jeremy, Jeremy Irons. Irons for two. Yep. And uh, in the Batman, it was, what's his name? Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis, yeah. Which I feel Andy Serkis is in the age range for what I think 
works for a younger Batman. Like, yeah. So, but yeah, Michael Goff, I just couldn't stop laughing every time he, you know, he was chatting to Bruce and then as soon as they'd leave, oh. he'd go, oh, like he's just about to die on the spot. I'm like, this is a He doesn't even actor. fucking die. That's the thing. I, I was so, this is the thing, I was so forgotten this film that I just assumed he carked it. I think anyone watching him act, watching him act might assume that that was on the cards as well. <laughs> but he doesn't. Yeah, he was terrible. And then there's all that shit about Batgirl. Yeah. That, like, she has no fucking right being, being placed in that role. No. Just because she's his niece. And, and so many plot holes regarding that. Like, she is supposed to be about 17, you'd imagine, given the school angle. School angle. Alfred's about 80. I'll, get, I'll be generous. I'll be charitable and 75. say 75. She's supposed to be his niece. So that means Peg, I mean, even if, even if there's a big age gap, I'll give him 15 years. That's still pushing it a little. Peg would have been in her 40s to have, to have the child, which is okay. I mean, okay. But you see the picture of Peg, and it looks like it's from the fucking 1930s. <laughs> like it's anyway. Fucking hell. <laughs> but yeah, she I mean, looks like Shirley Temple. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, Uma Uma Thurman ah. is in there, and she's. It's like she's giving a, a a performance that she was told to told to give. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to play it like, you know, the old Catwoman from the nineteen sixty six shows and stuff like that. Mm. Well, this is the one that closely resembles the sixty six Batman. Yeah, it it closely resembles it in tone, in in colorings, in yeah. fucking everything. But piss funny to watch. I think you were filthy. It's uh, you you were ta- you were taking pot shots at Jesse Ventura and Rafe Moller. They disgraced Rafe Moller by fucking <laughs> dubbing his voice. <laughs> oh my god! And he's of course, only got like one line. They dub it in. Yeah, and of course Bane, who's talk about poorly handled. Like, mom, <laughs> mom. Oh. Fucking hell! <laughs> but yeah, what hilarious. were you thinking when that when you're putting that together? Like Joel Schumacher, he surely he's standing there looking at this being set up and going, "What are we doing? Like, what am yeah. I doing?" Yeah. But it's pretty clear that it was just run by toys mm. by this stage. Yep. I mean, the drop off in box office, I believe, is quite steep between Batman Forever and Batman. Yes. And Robin. Yeah. It's about 150 million less, um, and that's not a good sign, especially when you brought in Arnie and you do, you know, like Arnie was your big draw then. So yeah, the fucking movie sucks. But mm. the panel discussion was interesting. Uh, yes, and- although I was taken aback when one of them said, "What a beautiful film!" <laughs> like, fuck, <laughs> not really. Uh-huh. Like there is things to appreciate about it, like the design of the the fucking sets and everything. They are pretty stunning. Oh, and look, the, one of the blokes in the conversation uh, after the film was talking about the, the, you know, the way they put the effects together and it's a mixture of green screen, miniatures, models, all sorts of shit. And that's very, very impressive stuff. Like yes. It's, it's, they weren't just using a computer. Like, so, you know, I've got a lot of time for that. Yeah. But not for the what, what, what they used those things yes. for. <laughs> But a good movie it did not it make. It is not. No, no, it is not. All right. What else did I have? Not much. I watched two episodes of a 
four-part Netflix documentary, true crime, Jared, called Till Murder Do Us Part, Soaring versus Hasten. It's basically the story of these two, they were both in college, who got together and basically killed the girl's parents. Uh, her name was Hasem. Her name was Hasem. Mm. Killed their parents. She blamed him. He blamed her. So basically that was the whole conceit of it, that who's telling the truth in all this. I'm, I'm two episodes down with two to go. Eh. Interesting story. Yeah. But, you know, they're trying to sort of man- say to us that one of them didn't do it, but they were both assholes. Like, it's pretty easy to see. They're both fuck with. Yeah, and right. I think they probably did it together. That's 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 my opinion, but whether or not that's the way it pans out, we'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, look, I'll see it through. It was intriguing enough. And the only other thing I watched is, Jared, we watched uh, Mr. Church last night, mm. which is an Eddie Murphy movie, a drama. Not the usual sort of stuff for here, but I believe uh, Eddie had been laying dormant around this time. He hadn't made a lot of films at this point. So checked it out. Look, it was passable. Just a, a standard drama, quietly done. Eddie is good, though. And, look, I've always said it. The bloke's a really good actor. Yeah, he and is. I think when he's required that. to act, yes, he he's actually act good at very, it. very well. Um, so I think his performance is quite Quite good in a in a in a you know, a low budget sort of small film. You know, I think he really gives a, a nice little bit of um, bit of gravitas. But that was it. Good stuff. All right, <laughs> we've held it off long enough. Let's take a break. Here's the trailer for 2023's Freelance. Do you know that feeling when you're doing exactly what you were put on the earth to do? One where it's like everything inside you is moving together in harmony with the universe. No! Me neither. But, you know, one can hope, right? Wave to mommy, because she'll hate me even more than she already does if you don't. I seem to recall you saying that becoming a lawyer would only crush your soul. It is. I'm running a business, and right now that business is getting a journalist and an out of Paldonia. It's a one-off. No, no, and no. Was a journalist. I have resigned my position here. Not interested. Twenty grand says you are. Welcome to Bologna. President Finega, so nice to meet you. We must take a selfie. Um. You approve? Ah, it's great. Vamos. Your one-man security detail happened. He's a hero. I'm with the president of a country in the middle of a coup. This is the scoop of a lifetime. You gotta be alive to have the scoop of a lifetime. We never should have come. Let's go. You can't just leave him. Run! Run! Ready to go, I don't know how to stop. When you start at the bottom, only way to go is up. I'm just doing my job. Did you help? I get up again, then I got to win. I get up again, then I got to win. What? Nothing. You're still excited to cover a coup? Less and less honest. 
Eris Venegas. Eris Venegas. Go for Pandora. Hey, not the time for coaching, man. Oh, oh my God. Oh, color me impressed, Mr. Petit. Not Petit at all. Freelance from 2023. It's directed by Pierre Morel, who I believe directed Taken. And it's written by Jacob Lintz, who wrote an episode of the 2000s TV show Ed. It stars Alison Brie as Claire Wellington, John Cena as Mason Petit, Alice Eve as Jenny Petit, Christian Slater as Sebastian Earle, and Martin Cossacks as Colonel Jan Crowhurst. Uh, the budget, I believe, was $40 million, Jared. The box office currently in America is $2 million. Right. I don't know the worldwide box office. Last I saw it was like six. Six worldwide. Seven. Six to seven worldwide. Might be seven and fifty dollars after this morning. Yeah, it's just hitting seven. Like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, we could have pushed it over the top. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we did. Okay. The only piece of uh, trivia on here is uh, Freelance has a zero percent rating <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's not John Cena's first film with a zero percent score. His first 0% rotten, rotten film on Rotten Tomatoes was Fred the Movie. I don't think I saw that. <clears throat> yeah. No. All right. <clears throat> What's your take on this one, Jared? Is- it was fucking, it was stunningly boring. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, shockingly. It's just, it was just strange. The chemistry between the leads was just non-existent. The the attempts at comedy were very thin, and when they were there, it was just like it wasn't even like there was there was stretches of written stuff to to go with. It was just sort of like oh let's let's try to have the characters bounce off each other for a while, which just didn't work at all. And then down the stretch, we kind of seemed to sideline John Cena and Alison Brie for the political situation in Palladonia or it, it just. I don't know. It was just confusing, but thoroughly unentertaining. So, is this? I don't even know if I can give it a half. <laughs> I think maybe a half. A half. Yeah, you're going with a half. I'll go a half. Okay. So that that it hasn't got off the zero percent Rotten Tomatoes. No, at the moment because you know that is a rotten school. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Half out of five. Uh, half. That's what I think I've got to go with. Okay. I just I, there was there was v- just nothing to enjoy about the movie. <sighs> Boring, unfunny, poorly directed. There's zero chemistry between anyone. Every every single plot twist is cl- is cliche and and telegraphed. It's just it is just a black hole. It's an mm. entertainment black hole, Jared. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to give it zero. Zero. Yes. Okay. It's only the second movie I've given zero. The other one is Freddy's Dead, and I fucking hate that movie. I hate <laughs> that movie. But this was just the the people involved 
I would have expected enough to give it, say, one star. Yeah. You know, looking at the talent and the money. Well, if you'd have told me Alison Bree and John Cena were the leads, I'm thinking, okay, well, we'll probably get a few laughs. Mm. I got none. No, I didn't. No, I got one. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got, it's got nothing I think to I do got, with him. I think I got two, maybe two. <laughs> and at one time, you kind of looked over at me and said, are you laughing at that? <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm begging for something to latch onto here." Yeah, uh, it's it's a fucking debacle. Like, <laughs> like mm. this this is the kind of thing that gets your next film where you did voice work. <laughs> totally struck, <laughs> struck from By David Zaslav <laughs> for a tax break. <laughs> Hence, <laughs> John Cena's next film has been. Thoroughly removed. As I said to you a fortnight ago, Johnny Cena was just was hot. He's flying high. Good. He's flying high. Two weeks later, the bloke is just about. He's he's, begging for parts. He's just about dressing as somebody on the street of Hollywood Boulevard for a couple of coins. (laughs) He's dressing as John Cena. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell! Have you got anything positive? To say. I had one like in the entire. I mean, movie. I've got a fucking zero, so I I, it one. might be hard. One like, what one was like. It? You had one like, didn't you? Yeah, I did. It was I the did. same one. Same. My one like in the in the entire movie was the boat getting absolutely <laughs> fucking steamrolled on the bridge. <laughs> they shoot it from the front, just as this is this dummy is getting fucking cleaned up by John <laughs> Cena in the car. And it was quite comical. Look, I laughed. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I, laughed. Laughed I laughed at that one. Anything else? No. Nothing else? I had nothing else I could, I could look at. Holy shit. Well, did you? Nah. Absolutely not. <laughs> I, like, 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 you know, when someone oh, tells me shit. it's an action comedy, Jared, I expect this comedy. Or action. Yeah. <laughs> like, Why there's plenty of action, but it's fucking so pedestrian, it's not funny. So they jack up the action near the end. Yeah. But by that stage, you've fucking lost everybody and it's not even done very well. So No. I mean, I'm getting off track here, but let's go back. First things first, John Cena and Alison Brie have absolutely zero chemistry. None. Yeah. Yep. Nothing. It's as if they just met. <laughs> like, throughout the entire film, it's as if the characters and the actors have met for the first time. It's just horrendous. And you know what? They're both usually fairly reliable mm. comedically. Yep. I got nothing. No, nah, nothing. Yeah, the, the lines that they were forced to sort of spout around each other were just, I don't know, they were terrible. And you can oh. see that we got in the in the credits, we got a little bit of a, you know, some, some bloopers, some, some stuff that was cut. And it's clear that they were just fucking standing there trying to come up with something. A couple yeah. of times, but there's just nothing. As you said, oh, like you described it as, you know, tr- trying to start a fire underwater. <laughs> like it's, it's pretty much bang on. It, it like, is spot on. They just, they, they just were very mismatched. There's not a spark. There's nothing. And I don't know whether that was just that the movie was just so underdone that you know we're looking at the characters and saying there's nothing there or but, but well, even I, then i've seen movies where I, I didn't think they were all that well written where two characters or two actors look like they would would do some good work together but this just wasn't it at all no and alison brie like 
I look at something like Glow, and she had that kind of quirky charm, and yeah. she was a bit silly. Like she, she did some silly things, but she was a character you you were really behind. I just yeah. didn't see any of it here. No, none of it. Nothing. Action scenes, pedestrian. Yeah, pedestrian at best. And by the end of it, they are throwing every single thing they can into mm. the finale, but none of it is resonating. None of it is hitting. It's not exciting. No. It's not interesting. And early on, it's just a lot of John Cena firing guns and yeah. then a quick shot of somebody firing one back. Yeah. I think it takes about half the movie before we get a bit of hand-to-hand, and it's not very well done. No. And look, I don't know. I can't remember what the rest of Pierre Morel's resume is, but he must have just – because Taken was not great, but – as far as action sequences were concerned, it was passable. Mm. Like the action stuff was reasonably passable. Yeah. What the fuck happens later on in his career, I don't know. But this is not it. No. Like he just seems to have so. no concept of building any tension with any of it, making the action scenes exciting. Like they're all just plugging along at the usual rate. And maybe it's because it's meant to be comedic and that's what's not working. Yeah. He did direct another one of our favourites from Paris with Love. Oh, yeah. Yeah, from Paris with Love. Again, not exactly high art. No. But passable action stuff. Whew, okay. Very boring. Very. Like beyond boring. Like there are sections where even when they're in the jungle, sort of, and there's a coup going on, and we've, we've just started to really sort of work out, okay, now, Seen as deep in the shit, we have lengthy exposition periods where they're just walking through the jungle. Yeah. Yep. And, like, normally that's where you get a bit of riffing and a bit of, you know, oh, we, we start to get these two characters who hate each other sort of finding something there. But in this one it was just like, oh, they're, they're butting heads, butting heads, butting heads. Oh, and then all of a sudden she's sitting down to have a chat. Yeah, I know. Uh, okay. And that gets even worse as I as we go along here. There's some incredible 180-degree turns on character stuff. Yeah. Where people start this way and then they just immediately turn around and go to something else. Like, yeah. So the sim was poor, so was the comedy. So yeah. you've got an action comedy that doesn't do either of them even competently. But I hate to say that. Yeah. They don't like to kick movies like this, but they were, they were both like on both fronts, it was just so poor. Yes. Um, like you couldn't, there's not even one action scene where you're kind of like, yeah, that was all right. That was no. all right. No. None of them were that good. And no. that's really worrying. I was begging for Johnny Cena to chug a beer through his clacker or something. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, honestly, I'd rather he chugged a case through his. <laughs> You know what? He should be punished by chugging a case through his ass after this. Yeah. Yeah? The intro, this is the thing that the intro, the intro is just so annoying. So the film gets off to the worst possible start. It's a rambling intro. With this rambling kind of monologue of him explaining his life and everything, and it's all shot via like a GoPro or a body cam. POV sort of stuff. It sucks. And then it paints him out to be the greatest fucking human being ever. Like, he became a lawyer and then that's not good enough for me. Now I've got to become a, a Navy SEAL or a soldier. Mm. And then when that falls through, 
going back to being a lawyer and what a fucking cunt of a life that is. Oh, yeah, what a shit life I've got. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a um, lovely wife. Well, she's not that lovely. They don't no, that the lovely, but I've got a wife and child life. and I fucking, everything about this existence just sucks. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. I mean, you swear he's a homeless man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, honestly, but also it, it, the gratitude, John. It goes a long way. <laughs> exactly, mate. Exactly. Others are in a worse position than you. <laughs> but it also goes to this whole idea that having been a lawyer and a Navy SEAL, he's just a doorman. <laughs> like his Makes wife just shits sense. all over him and everything. Like, yeah, and everyone else shits sense. all over him. Like that doesn't compute at all. No. Like, I mean, fuck. Even by the standards of being a Navy SEAL, you'd think he'd be an alpha, super confident, you know, because that's what those guys yeah. are. Aren't and they? even by the standards of what you you will accept in an action movie or a comedy movie, you're still looking at it going, "Come on, like, yeah, give us a, give us a spell." <laughs> so we start with him being like just his resume being explained to us by him is Pretty just much. like awesome. To being, my wife fucking doesn't even think I'm a proper lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> what? Is that coming Yeah, last from? time I checked, a back injury didn't affect your ability to <laughs> practice law. As far as I could tell, his brain was still still working. But what as... type of lawyer was he? Did we get an understanding a of A bad one. And that's yeah, the only explanation to his wife, he, he sucked. <laughs> but I never actually got an understanding of what kind of law he did. No. We only got that one scene where he was telling some like, yeah, he'd, he'd get into, onto his... Um, Phone company to to protest particular calls that he didn't make or something. Yeah. Like, okay. Doesn't explain much, but anyway. No. And they also then paint him out to be, he can, he forgets to clean his teeth. He forgets yeah, he yeah, can't put clean his seatbelt on. His wife reminding him, yeah, yeah, you make sure you put the seatbelt on in the car. And I'm like, what? why do we even need that? Like, I'm sure the man was a fucking Navy SEAL and has passed the fucking bar He's a pretty, I'm pretty shrewd sure character. I'm pretty sure he could say you got your seatbelt on. Like, yeah. Uh, the, the the stuff that they had to put this wedge in the relationship was just so, it was just nonsense, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's all we got. We didn't get anything more than that. But the thing too is that why, would you, pay, why would you pay him out to be so awesome one minute and then just a useless piece of shit after that? Yeah. It didn't even go into oh well the injury there was there was some depression there was which would have been completely understandable, understandable. Could have been because there was an accident involved there was his his unit was involved yeah they didn't even go with that like yeah I, I don't know it's just I get it because you want you want to mine some comedy out of it but you didn't do that so yeah strange also you've got Alice Eve who I think is a decent actress yes and you're she is playing an absolute caricature. Her entire role is to just be a nagging bitch. Yeah. Um, it's just I mean, the baffling. role, you know what, the role's not even necessary because they, they never really nail any of what we needed. So they could have just had him recently divorced. Yeah. Yeah, you know already I mean? separated or something. But honestly, she's on screen for about five minutes before we get into the freelance part of it, the, the, the security work part of it. And all it is is just ripping the guy. Well, you don't what? actually get to see her suffering a little bit. Like, Well, fuck, let me lay this on you. There's a sequence where she says, basically tells him to move out. Yeah. Right? 
Within tell you two, story, it was a tell you story, story walking, walking. In, in other words. Two I mean, two or three scenes later, he's back in the house and he's packing up his gear and he's he's lugging it all out and she says, Where are you going? I said, oh, I picked up a job. Firstly, what fucking business is it of yours? You told me. You told me to fuck off. <laughs> right? But he, he humors her and tells her where he's going. Says he picked up a job as a private security guy. Yeah. Yeah. She she suddenly goes, oh, no, you shouldn't do that because you might die. Yeah. So we flipped. When previously, like last time we saw you, you were telling him what a, what a fucking <laughs> stinky lawyer he was. He's a rubbish lawyer and he needs to get out. <laughs> and then within two scenes, I just, no, you can't do that because what about the kids? You might die. And then, I'm not joking, within about ten seconds, she basically goes, all right, get out. <laughs> I felt really sorry for Alice Eve because she's just given absolutely nothing. Oh, nothing. Jesus, what a what a useless, thankless role. Yeah, absolutely. Given. I'd be fucking. I'd be having that conversation with my agent. You're a fucking terrible agent. Yeah. I'd be like, <laughs> guess get who's me. getting fired this week? <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, what? Oh my god. The only good thing they do with it is that they don't. Put the two of uh, Cena and and Alison Brie in a romantic context. Yeah, and he ends up saying he actually still loves his wife. Yeah, yeah. that's well, the how, only positive how bit. How could they get you? Out. How could you put those two? How could you say yeah, he's leaving his wife and he's getting together with you? Because there's not a there's not a spark. <laughs> a spark. I wouldn't have bought it. You <laughs> have got to actually have something to start the fire with, and neither exactly. of these guys have got it. Yeah, but like they just they they have nothing together. Yeah, nada. Zero. Mm-hmm. So it's the only good thing they do with Alice Eve's character or is, you know, that his his wife, Cena's wife, yeah. is that he doesn't just break down and. Yeah, yeah. He know, says, I still up, love her. She still says, you still love, love her. her. And he says, yes. And he wants yeah. to patch it up. And then he, he cries and says, the last time we were together, she told me three separate things in about five minutes. Including, I was a out. He told me to fuck off and get out of here. I want to get back together, but now I've remembered the last time we were together <laughs> and how she spoke to me. And I'm second guessing whether I do or not. Oh, exactly. God. Now, there's a heap of unanswered questions. Yeah. Question number one How does Christian Slater survive the helicopter crash? No idea. And no they idea. all they do is explain it away by killed half of our buddies. Yeah. Half of them, a fucking <laughs> helicopter came down. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you. If I remember Black Hawk Down correctly, everyone fucking who got hit in those helicopters died. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a tough one to walk away from. <laughs> I, would, I, would I know, assume, sorry. I would one assume. of the guys didn't die. The yeah. pilot of one of the helicopters didn't die. Yeah. In Black Hawk Down. But either way, Slats, he was... Slats wasn't one of the... He well, was a pilot. Slats was standing up in the middle of the fucking... <laughs> he's the first guy dead. Oh, I don't know. Maybe he had a bit of... Maybe he got, had the opportunity to get a bit of flex in the knees and take some <laughs> well, impact on the clearly, way Clearly, because he had no injuries whatsoever. Oh, my God. Yeah. And did you also notice, Jared, that there was no real time frame? No. I didn't no get time any frame time frame, so... When it was he, enough for him to pass the bar and start a oh, shitty, no. shitty career in law. And also, it was seven years. I think they said seven years. Yeah. He started like seven years ago. He started that fucking Chicks Dig. Chicks Dig It. Oh, oh, CDI. Oh. Chicks Dig It. Oh. That's its own dislike. Worst joke of the movie, but we fucking call back to it. <laughs> now you leave that one in the graveyard where it was. Like, <laughs> 
You keep that to yourself. (laughs) You might think CDI means chicks dig it, but you don't put it in your script. Yeah, yeah. And as soon as John Cena does it, just a look on his face. Fucking hell. I reckon even he was You can tell he doesn't want to say it. I don't want to say this. Yeah, yeah. He also, that was the same scene where he utters... I'm broken down. I'm out of shape. Out of shape? <laughs> you go you haven't been yeah, as you said, you haven't been to the gym for two days. <laughs> Fucking hell. No it's funny you. because he's in a suit, but they expect us to, to say that, oh, well, you can't see his muscles, so we're expecting to buy that he's out of shape, <laughs> even though his shirt looks like it's about to pop off him. Any- <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's the problem with guys like Cena and The Rock and that. You can't. You know, put them in roles where people are saying, "Well, you know, he's out of shape. He's he's not up to it." Yeah, because they're just they're, they're man they're, they're man mountains. Yeah, and it just and and you wait till, mean, when he turns up and he takes off his fucking suit jacket on the ground at, at in Paladonia or whatever it is. He's got fucking forearms like bloody hair. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're Jeez, covered in veins. Last time I saw you, it was like two hair marks. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, geez, you put on some condition. <laughs> but, like, the, the the thing about that is, you know, the, the slides and stuff like that, when, when it was Rambo, or it was mental. So they focused on that. It's like, that's the struggle. He's clearly in good shape. <laughs> We're not going to mention that. He could clearly still rip your head off if he wanted to. Yeah. I think that's the way they should have gone with Cena. And if you're going for this other angle, well, you look at something like True Lies, it's the same sort of thing. Like Arnie's having marriage problems, but it's just done so much better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but let's fucking once again, the bulls roar between the <laughs> yeah, pictures. Yeah, exactly. None of that sticks. And, again, so the, the lead in this movie should be someone a little more slight. Well, if you're going to go, I don't mind if you go with Cena, but don't try to tell me he's fucking out of shape. Say he's injured. Say he's injured. (laughs) They did say he was injured, but the only way they painted that, I mean, his back is so bad that he can still bench. (laughs) He can still pick you up and bench you pretty comfortably. Exactly. And the only time you see that he's injured is he goes, Yeah, he's got a scar on his back, and every time he's walking, he's, like, pulling a face. Yeah. That's it. (laughs) He looks like he's just eating some bad fucking curry or something. (laughs) I usually look a little different, sweaty, (laughs) a little bit pale. (laughs) (laughs) He actually, I was pulling a similar face when I just finished that three-piece feed that we had after after the movie. But Yeah, I'll be putting on that because I had a popcorn chicken meal, so I'll be putting on a face like that in about 30 minutes. (laughs) Yes. Actually, make it 25. Yeah. <laughs> Similar to uh, Alice Eve, Alison Brie gets the same treatment at the start. Like She's she just a is, bitch from minute one. Like, what's the fucking so, point? Of- yeah, she's so unlikable, and all she's doing is fucking attacking Cena and then trying to justify, oh, this is why I had to do this for the career and all this But sort also, of the funny thing about it is usually what would happen in a better movie is he would meet her pick her up for the detail, then he would fuck something up mm. and then she, that would make him look incompetent and she would then have issues with his skills or yeah. whatever. Yep. But she, the, the fucking initial meeting, she's just ripping him a new asshole. Yeah. Why, where's the car? Where are you? Where, you know, why are you late? All this sort of shit. And then she's in the, in, they're in the private jet or whatever and she's fucking 
banging on about, oh, you thought I won a Peabody and, you know, now I'm doing this shit and, yeah. you know, whinging about a career. They they go on with this, like, I mean, they make her a shrew for. Yeah, for, for no apparent reason. For, for Yeah, and then about, it must be about 45 in, she starts going on about, oh, you know, you don't know how hard it is. You know, copying some of the shit she copped from being a disgraced uh, reporter and having to prove herself and all this sort of stuff, but it just doesn't fly because you haven't given us any depth to what she's done before that. Yeah. So again, I feel sorry for her because, as I've said, I think she's been fucking wonderful in other stuff that I've yeah I've definitely. But this is just not. Nobody not- gets furnished with much in the character department. No, and unfortunately, it seems that the the writer thinks. Seems to think that women are all fucking awful. Well, <laughs> that would be. That's the only takeaway I got. Yeah, well, that could be something from it. But as you said, just after that line that she's copped, we're seen as like kind of goes, oh, okay, yeah, there might be something to that. That we then sit down and have a conversation, and from that point on, they're buddies. Yeah, that's like, it's just like a, one again. What? This one, this twist, this one eighty twist that doesn't isn't it doesn't earned make in any way. sense. And the idea that she is fucking, you know, a, a female in a in an industry and was treated pretty badly in a, in an industry that's notoriously kind of tough on people. Yeah, that's that makes some sense. Yeah, but it just it, the way it's used, just not not yeah. mind well in this thing. No, Jesus Christ. Now, I didn't mention his name because I can't remember it, and I didn't find it in the list there. But the dictator. Mm-hmm. He's just awful. The actor is Juan Pablo Rava. He is shocking. Well, again, what's he got to do? He's got nothing to do, but he overplays his hand with this kind of wanky... I think he's supposed to be the the comedy. Well, this is where the comedic part comes in. You've just handed this bloke this role. For starters, we're painting him as a dictator, and I get this idea, it's misconstrued. He's a pawn in this political game. Mm -hmm. And and so we're supposed to personally I think that's a pretty fucking bad idea to <laughs> to mine the comedy from. Yes. But you you kinda leave the guy on his, out on his own. You're kinda just trying to get him to make gags that that and it's it's kind of everyone is just making these ga- the gags that aren't really kind of written. They're just bland little lines to drop or oh you've got a you've got a big gun. Oh, Great. Like, we, we make a laugh out of that. He makes a joke about the size of Cena's dick. It's like, I got the sense that you named the guy Mason Petit just to make that gag. <laughs> and it wasn't worth it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think that sort of thing that, yeah, you call him Mike Oxlong. And, or Mike, Mike Oxlong. And somebody gets a laugh out of that. You do. I do. Yeah, I do. For some reason, I get a laugh out of it. The fact that you. You seem to have this kind of dictating. He, he, I don't know. He's not the villain. I know that that's what they're doing. Is they're kind of meant to be painting out that maybe he started some of this, but then he actually didn't. Yeah. Right. But his 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 performance and everything is just so fucking shrill and over the top. He's constantly kind of laughing like an idiot and doing. He's basically doing Antonio Banderas. If Antonio Banderas was fucking <laughs> had no talent, oh. well, I so I'm willing to give him a little bit of a 
Well, he's clearly not getting a lot of help. But he's not. Yeah, there's not. He's a not lot getting of, anything given. And him. it comes down to the chemistry again, too. Like, and I feel like they want him to be the the, the funny part that the others will bounce off, but that's not working because it's not funny. Yeah, none of it's funny. So unfortunately, now you have got three people who aren't funny. Fucking hell. Honestly. And the fact that these assholes had the the gall to put some bloopers at the end. Yeah, yeah. You should be ashamed of yourselves. And again. Just roll the the fucking credits and get us out of here. They had the gall to give Alison Brie a line about, oh, you're in Delta Force or something. That's just a bad movie. Well, I'm kind of like, watch what you're saying, because yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think you might I be think, in a worse one. <laughs> exactly. I think I'd rather watch that one at the moment. The whole sequence where they're running from the helicopter. Yeah. I mean, the helicopter. The guy must have been blindfolded because <laughs> they are running out in this in, in, in totally uncovered. Yeah. He uses about, seems to use about 20 bombs. And he not- cannot hit shit. He's nowhere near them. <laughs> no, no. It's horrendous. Yeah. And then Cena takes the fucking helicopter down with two shots. Mm. And, and the awful CGI work that's used for that crash just adds an extra sort of, ugh, an extra bit of, like, just awfulness to it. Hmm. No. None, none of that came off well. That was just, especially in a in a world where we've now had things like the raid and John Wick and the action stuff is just. I mean, there's so many shots of just somebody standing there holding a gun and firing away, and then we get a couple of hand to hand things, but they're just super bland, like everything else. When you read a script like this, Jared, and you realise it is not going to pass the muster, right? You need to beef things up. The action needs to be a bit more exciting, a bit more interesting. Yeah. And it's easier to fix action than it is to comedy, right? Shit's, people don't laugh at things sometimes. Yeah. But action, you can get people to get excited by blowing things up. Yeah, well, a bit if of that well. reasonable action work. Like, I'm just, I understood the need for a bit of gunplay here. But it's just super boring when your action man is is just standing there blasting away. Yep. And his whole thing is the like, hand-to-hand you combat. You look like John Wick. Have him fucking walk down a corridor and people are popping up out of everywhere and things He's like sick. that. Or, you know, I said, seen as a wrestler, you do a bit of hand-to-hand. Well, they did that two times, I believe, and one was kind of down the stretch. And they just didn't pass muster for me. Mm. Martin Cossacks, Jared. Now I'm like just fucking Nick Hucknall. Yeah, <laughs> he does. <laughs> From he does. Red. I don't know whose idea that was. <laughs> and then he's cracking out an accent that I, the twelfth man, would be <laughs> pretty happy with. Yeah, I've just uh, jumped on. You know, checking his uh, profile on IMDb. The trivia says his last name is pronounced Chokash. Chokash. One of those. Why am I calling you Martin Cossack? I don't know. I don't know. I fucking don't know. Clearly. But he's a guy that I quite like. Yeah. I mean, he's been in Triple X. I gave him a pass for that. Oh, yeah. But, you know. <laughs> he was in The Equalizer. Yeah. Normally a guy that if he pops up, you're pretty happy with what he's He, he plays a pretty good villain. Yep. Except for this one. <laughs> yeah. The accent is just a strange choice. But th- as you said, he does look like Mick Hucknall. He's got the wavy orange hair. <laughs> That's fucking fantastic. <laughs> and, yeah, I haven't thought of the song Fairground for years. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's what I, all I could hear, you know, as soon as he popped up in my head. Is, I love the song. Even if I know we can. That was it. That and Money Too Tight to Mention. Is the other. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh. I mean, look, if you want to see Mick Hucknall or a bloke who looks like Mick Hucknall get the shit beaten out of him. This is the movie this for you. This is the movie for you. The shower scene is is the classic example of why this, like when you realise this movie is clearly unfunny. Yeah. That whole sequence exists for nothing more than to say, oh, Mason, Petit's got a massive dick. <laughs> Not Petit at all. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about? Oh, uh, yeah. That like, was... Is that where we're at? I wasn't, I wasn't impressed with that. And as I said to you, I've got no doubt that they named him that just for that gag. Yes, and it, 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 it falls flat. Yeah, absolutely flat. Now, there's no romantic sparks. No. There's a sequence where they're compa- she's showing her tattoos to him. It was so dry. Like, it just had nothing going for it. There's no heat. Mm. There's nothing. Like, at no point do you think maybe these two might get together. But no. even if they did, I would just be like, I wish they didn't. Yeah, I think so. I think it was a wise nothing, choice like, to not go that way. She's she's here showing the tattoos and everything, and he's going oh, I'm bumbling around like you know, all flustered and stuff. I mean, like he's never seen Airbox, a woman <laughs> waving around. <laughs> he's never seen a woman's bare skin before. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? So the whole thing just gets really uncomfortable. Yeah, and then thankfully they do the right thing and go, oh well, you know, I still love my wife and I can't do this. Yes, but again, baffling choice given the way that you and your wife have been portrayed so far. <laughs> I can't think of a worse relationship to go back to. I know. From both angles. <laughs> I can't wait to get home. <laughs> I can't wait to get home and start, start get dig back into my next case. <laughs> yeah, while my wife tells me I'm a fucking loser. <laughs> I think I'd rather get shot. <laughs> well, that's the thing. The guy has taken an extremely dangerous mission because he's so fucking annoyed with how things are going at home. Oh. Now, we mentioned, and I think we were kind of wrong here, Jared, partially wrong. Christian Slater's, we thought he was a villain. Yeah. Well, now, he kind of was, though. Money. Yeah, but he kind of was. He said something about shady characters and he sent what's he in there so he could kill him and all this sort of stuff. So he kind of was, yes. but then he wasn't. Yeah. But then there's no real reasoning behind any of that. No, not like, really. I thought, I thought that he was involved in in, in helping cost. Joking, joking. Joking. I need to check up on that. <laughs> he was he was helping Joking. We'll just call him Mick Hucknall from the time being. Well, he was helping Mick Hucknall get the whole overthrow the whole area. He was booking gigs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, simply read. We're doing a, a small, small but intimate group of shows yeah, across got the look, country. We can't book a stadium this time, but I've got a small acoustic gig if you're interested. Yeah, yeah. I got it out in a out in a fucking village in Palladonia if you. <laughs> and then the sequence when he actually rings his wife back home and and his child, coming back to what we said before. It is just not earned at all when he's saying, I love you and all that stuff, and she's saying, oh, you're making me worry and all this. None of that's earned because no. none of it, like, 
coming back to what we saw at the start, it doesn't feel right that these two should even bother to get together or be together. Mm. So it was just, it was, it was again another missed opportunity and another mistake by the filmmakers. <sighs> God. I was not the least bit surprised that it didn't turn out that the dictator had not shot the helicopter down. No, no, fuck, not at all. Not at so, all. So Cena's been upset at the bloke the whole time, and then he says, oh, yeah, but I didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. So you take the word of a fucking dictator, do you? Yeah. I mean, but, I mean, it's a funny dictator that you've developed this, um, you know, this and he thinks you kind of silly relationship with. Yeah. So, I don't know. The, the back part of the movie, we just meander through the political stuff. Don't worry about Cena or Alison Bree's characters. They're, they're essentially bit players in the end. Yes. To the, they, they take a back seat to the political goings-on in the country, and it just, it's silly. Like, again, you, you're putting aside the action and the comedy to do that right up until the last sort of 10 minutes or so. I don't know. It just obviously there was a couple of scenes before that where Mick Hucknall and, and simply Red turn up and just start <laughs> shooting up the place to, to just to keep the action kind of chugging Quite along. Up, yeah. But everything that's happening around that is just it's it's really uninteresting. But the last twenty five minutes is just this kind of like cacophony of noise and shit and, ex- and explosions and all that. Yeah, and shootouts, but none of it's got any real thrust. It's pretty average stuff. Yeah. And then are you trying to – this this movie is trying to tell me that Martin – Joe Cash. <laughs> Joe Cash is throwing John Cena around. Yeah, that was the like part that the was the hardest. He grabs him and sort of flings him against the wall. I'm like, jeez. You'd have to be a big unit like, yeah, to be doing yeah, that. Yeah, I know he's out of shape. But... <laughs> yeah, I know his fucking back's ruined, but oh, still, God. like you would have to be a big, big unit to handle that. Absolutely. I mean, he's a big guy. Yeah. So the fact that you're trying to then make out like, oh, yeah, this this fight could go either way. No, it could. You can't. <laughs> no, you can't go down that route. No. Can't. Total shit. Now, my last dislike, Jared, I'm sure this is yours too. He says something, him and his daughter have a very, very brief discussion in her bedroom after his wife told him to fucking tell your story yeah, walk and get Jack. Out. Get the fuck out of here. Get out, loser. <laughs> Pack your shit. Don't sleep in your fucking legal office. <laughs> I mean, she's he's he's basically his legal office is above a Chinese restaurant somewhere. <laughs> Look, yeah. I have no doubt that um, Cedar's, uh, you know, the, the case that he was currently working on was the Penske. Yeah, Penske oh, file. he's definitely on the Penske file. No <laughs> doubt about it. He's sleeping under his desk. We all know that. <laughs> but... She says something about, he goes, I'm going away, doesn't he? He says, I'm going away. Yeah, yeah. And she says, do they have snow globes there? There is no reason for that comment. It's not like she had snow globes in her room or no. she'd mentioned it before. Yeah, and this is the poor fucking sketching out of any characters in the whole thing. And then at the final scene, she, he turns up back from fucking, is it Patagonia? Paladonia. Paladonia. Pal- yeah, Paladonia, I Paladonia think with a snow globe. Yeah. And gives it to her. Yeah. I was just like, what the fuck? Which I think my comment was that you can shove it up your ass. You yeah. take that snow globe and, and fucking shove, shove it up, up your ass, ass John Cena. <laughs> yes. Please shove it up your ass. Yeah. Because that whole thing, again, this kind of like, oh, we're trying to come back around to it, but you didn't earn it in the first place. No. So 
why are we bothering to come back to it? Couldn't tell you. I can't tell you either. That was it for me. I don't, I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> no, I don't think I want to either. That was a very, very tough It watch. was tough. It was tough. Yeah. I saw one letterbox review that did make me laugh. It was actually a positive review. I think the person gave it three or four stars, which I was absolutely baffled Ooh. by now. Just some someone on Letterboxd. Oh. But it said, it's commando if they spent way more time delving into Valverde's political situation. <laughs> which which is about right, quite amusing, except, uh, yeah, I don't think I wanted to see that movie. No, no. <laughs> Terrible film. Yeah, shocker. Look, I don't think I'll, I'll, I'll be hard-pressed to find a zero, a zero out of five for a while, I reckon. Uh, yeah. This is a different type of zero for me. This is a well-established cast, a director with some credits and $40 million that just is just so haphazard that I think that's the reason why it's zero for me. Yeah. I think it was just the, the absolute boredom that I was suffering <laughs> when I was watching it. Yeah, it, it just, wasn't good. Yeah, the whole thing just came off really badly. Extremely. Uh, do you think, well... What bearing do you think the box office performance of this or people, the studio watching this before they put it out, had on fucking yanking yeah, the, the other next? one? Uh, maybe not a great deal. I think. Because I heard, I heard the other one was pretty well, had tested quite well. Yes, I know. And I'm not really but I'm just sure thinking, the- like, you know, the whole thing about even bad movies having reasonable box office returns if there's a, a big name in it. Yeah. Because a $40 million movie, this this was 40 mil, like, with John Cena in it, you think, well, okay, it's probably going to make a bit of cash. But I, it seems like from a while back they didn't have a lot of faith in it because I didn't see any marketing. I remember I see seeing the trailer. On, and- I saw the trailer at the cinemas. I didn't see anything on TV. Didn't see any posters up. No. Nah. Didn't see anything. I. It's pretty clear that they saw this as DOA. Yeah. I think pretty early. I think so. Yeah, maybe it did have bearing because maybe it said, said to, it's saying to studios and I don't necessarily. Well, he was believe, our biggest, biggest star in that next movie, I think. I, I don't necessarily believe this, but it almost sort of says that Cena can't really carry a picture on his own. You know what I mean? Like mm. where he's the star. That's where The Rock's got him. Yeah, but- Is that The Rock can carry. Can like, he though? He can. I mean, he did for a while, but now that people have smelt what the rock's got, yeah, cooking, he might not be able to carry into the future. But the rock had been somebody you yeah. could put in a movie, and he would draw a crowd. And the rock could, you know, say, "Well, I'm going to pull back and do a fifty million dollar picture," and you can pretty much guarantee that he's probably going to make some money out of that. Yes. So the concern, I think, for a lot of people would be that, well, John Cena's poison. <laughs> now, now <laughs> he might be. Yeah. But after this and and the next one that's not going to get released, I think maybe when you look at Cena's body of work, he's always made money in sort of ensemble yeah, things, yeah, or things where he's not the star. Mm. How many star films has he actually been? Well, in? most of the, the most of the stuff that he's done as a star has been like straight to DVD. You know the earlier WWE stuff. That yes. He did and- so when we talk about his most successful films. Fast and Furious mm-hmm. ensemble. Bumblebee. He wasn't the star of Bumblebee. No. Uh, there's a few others. Suicide Ferdinand, Squad. Suicide Squad. Too badly. Yeah. Like 
He it's the guy's a good character actor. Yeah, I actually think. And he headlines Peacemaker, which was I yeah. thought it was good, which was but handy. different play on TV. And again, I'm not saying he's he's not capable of it, but I think maybe after the returns on this, studios might have been a bit wary of. Oh, I think the lesson is don't do movies like this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on board with that if you'd like to fucking, you know, <laughs> discuss it further. But, yes, don't make movies like this. Like, did, did, did John, is there a different version of this somewhere that got him interested? I don't know. Because far maybe, out. If maybe there was a funny saw, script. If you read this and thought that this was worth your time, I've got questions on your ability to pick. Yeah. Well. It's so disappointing because again, I I really dig what he does usually. Yeah, I do too, and I've I've I'm certainly not writing him off. Uh, I'm sure he's probably got a number of films in the pipeline, and I'm I'm hoping that he bounces back quickly. Well, <laughs> way out in the, the pipeline, but it was immediately removed and destroyed. Needs to get back into stuff like uh, Tour de Pharmacy as uh, Gustav Dieters. Yeah, that's more <laughs> right up. You know what? He's got good comic timing. Yeah, so we he need does. to see him get back to some of that. Yeah, uh, it just it just feels like. Yeah, look, it may have had some impact. Hmm. Seven yeah, million bucks, know. seven million dollars box office on forty million. So, what do you reckon it's going to finish on? Couldn't do more than fifteen. Fifteen max worldwide. And let's say we 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 gave a limited amount of advertising in that. So yeah. there's probably another ten or twenty on top of that, top of the forty. So they're well behind. It's not the worst thing in the world, e.g. You know, we didn't spend two hundred million dollars on it, and we lost one hundred and fifty, but it's still not good. Mm. And to add to that, your Rotten Tomato score is zero, so that 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 now puts it in a sort of an infamous category of shit films. Mm. So that doesn't help him either. <laughs> Jesus, John, let's talk to you. Let's have a quick look at who's your agent is, mate. Might yeah. be time to start talking to some people. Possibly. All right, All right that was freelance. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. We're on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia. We are also on Instagram at, at thrillmepodcastau. Keep an eye on our Facebook page to see what we cover next up, which I believe we're going back to the cinemas, Jared. We are. For a horror picture coming soon. But until then, everyone, take it easy. And we'll catch you all later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.